Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. If you're not familiar with what we're doing here, it's myself and normally a guest, and we're going through the entire back catalogue of Metallica. This is like episode 74, 75, something like that. So, you know, the fair part of the way there. Uh, you know, we're just getting into the J's now, but we've still got a long, long way to go. Today we're talking about Judas Kiss, by the way, which is a fantastic song off a fantastic album. I make no bones about the fact that I rank Death Magnetic very highly in I think this is one of the crown jewels of that incredible record. Uh, just before we get into today's guest, today's song, please follow the show at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. I love to hear your feedback on the episodes, on the songs, you know, what you think about past discussions or future topic ideas or anything like that. Also, if you want to come on the show, that's the best place to reach me. We've not really got much open. The next thing I've got open is The More I See, and that will actually be in February, I think. So, yeah, if you want to get in touch, you want to book that in, have Happy to do that. Uh, Patreon is there as well. Patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica if you want to support the show. All the stuff that I record goes in there first. So, for instance, I think at this time, the Finn Lizzy episode will probably be on there. Finn Lizzy's influence on Metallica. So, you want to listen to that, you want to give back. iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes. As I always say, subscribe on YouTube. But uh, another song, another guest. And, Mark, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, hello from San Jose, California. And. Let's talk about Metallica, quite obviously. Um, how did it begin for you? What, do you remember the first time you heard the band? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, my sort of musical um, uh, interest sort of came of age when I went into, into junior high. And um, it was during the, uh, the, the Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, oh, yeah. Whitesnake kind of uh, MTV-friendly era of, uh, of those bands. And, you know, I'd go to Warehouse or Rainbow Records at the time to buy those albums and I'd see the Metallica merch and I'd see their intimidating, you know, logo when I was there. But, you know, during that time, obviously it was before the one video. Uh, so no videos. There was no radio airplay, even locally. Um, so really, they were a logo and a myth. Um, but you'd see, you know, a guy with their shirt on. And, and you know, I was the 13 year old, you know, dork at right. the time. And so I was like, wow, people who listen to Metallica, you know, they probably drink beer and fight. And that's like a little too, <laughs> a little too tough for me. So right. I wasn't going to pay, you know, $12 for a cassette I'd never, you know, heard any songs from. But so, you know, and like a lot of other, other people's stories, um, you know, my friend and I finally pestered his older brother to put in his brand new and Justice for All tape into his, you know, car, uh, you know, cassette deck. And from the moment those first notes to blackened faded in uh, to the riff and that crisp, you know, tight snare. Mm. I, I was all in. And, um, you know, you know, it was just so different than, um, you know, what I'd normally heard on, you know, my radio friendly sort of, um, yeah. you know, pop metal bands. Um, the songs aren't four minutes long and they weren't about, you know, girls and hanging with the boys. Um, you know, the musicianship was so good. The s subjects were serious, you know, technically interesting. So um, it was just really refreshing to hear it, and I've I've been a huge fan ever since. And it's a perfect time to get into them, really, at that age as well. So at, you were sort of growing up alongside them in the mainstream. So you were right on the front lines witnessing the sort of black album explosion and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got into them just uh, just early enough so that I really anticipated the one video, and then um, you know my fandom has continued you know all these years, which would also which would also make me old. Right. <laughs> and has that, has that fandom continued with the same passion? Were you into the Load Reload records? What's your view on St. Anger, for example? Well, um, St. Anger is a hard pass uh, for me. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, we all talk about the drums, and I didn't like those either, especially because it's such a um, it, it's such a variation from you know that crisp you know mm. snare sound um, that I really liked on on Justice. But you know, the quality of the lyrical of the lyrics on there is just really important. That you know, the sound of it, you know, James would miss notes and sure. and that kind of thing, and and I found that really tough. Um, you know, so my fandom is kind of you know you know, waned a little bit, uh, here and there. Um, but you know, albums like death magnetic, I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, and so I've just, um, you know, I've really had a renaissance of, uh, of my fandom, you know, with death magnetic and then, you know, with the podcast and being just a little bit player in these, um, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, the podcast about it. And I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah, and you came to me wanting to do Judas Kiss specifically. Um, so this is what a standout track for you on the album. Yeah, for sure. Also, I know that you know your podcast is is gaining in popularity, so I knew you know I couldn't ask about um, you know ride the lightning sure. or one. Um, I had to go. I had to go deep. You know, so uh, something that uh, was uh, several letters away. Yeah, and um, you know, sort of a less common song, so that uh, that I could get in. And it's getting to the song then. A lot of Death Magnetic has this sort of stop-start nature. There's always complex little beats, connecting phrases. And the beginning, to me, has a bit of a sort of am I evil sort of element to it. And then reminds me a little bit of Eye of Beholder as well, with the really harsh, the wow, now, wow. You know, it's so so chaotic sounding. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of dissonant and mm. discordant. Um, and, you know, it kind of sets that, you know, sort of, I don't know, kind of a violent um, setting for the rest of the song. You know, it's not it's not an easy song to listen to. You know, no. it's not like cashmere where you can put it on and, yeah. you know, let it, you know, sort of float down the river. Um, it's choppy and harsh. Um, and, you know, again, it's it's kind of a hard listen. But, um, you know, I'm still all in. Yeah. And the production of Death Magnetic, does this stick out to you? A lot of people, this is this bothers them in their craw. You know, it's quite bright, they say. Um, no, it doesn't bother me one bit. I loved, um, in fact, it's funny. I know that, uh, Death Magnetic came out 10 years ago last month and I had a, um, I, I reposted a, uh, a Facebook post from, from 10 years ago and it said, um, it said, uh, you know, Mark is, you know, welcoming back his old friends, late eighties Metallica. I wrote that, I wrote that to myself uh, 10 years ago. So I loved it then. I, I still, you know, really enjoy this album now. And, and lyrically, I think this song's pretty incredible, really. I think it's a high watermark for Hetfield, not just in the symbolism in the story, but just some of his turns of phrase in the first verse, when the fear abducts your tongue, I think is great. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, the lyrics, it, you know, he goes into, you know, talking about sort of someone's life going sideways, right? Mm-hmm. Depression and frustration. And, you know, he sort of convinces that here's your way out. Sell your soul to me, which, you know, we might get to. But, um, you know, and then sort of that journey to now that, you know, he owns you. And that's kind of, um, I think it's sort of master of puppets-ish. Yeah, definitely. You know, he ultimately gets into the, you know, he uses the I pronoun, you know, as the antagonist, which uh, really sort of makes that song connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what now? Where go I? And I like when he sings the where go I, those high notes on the guitar that just kind of underscore that element, that confessional. And you mentioned the um, the bow down, sell your soul to me. This is one of my favorite moments on Death Magnetic as a whole, the bow down and the guitar underneath yeah. that is so, it's just so fresh, isn't it? It's so pure. 
Yeah. And, you know, it continues that death magnetic trend of the, you know, the fast single note picking. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear it in All Nightmare Long um, as well. And, you know, that's the reason why I love Metallica is because you can sort of listen big to the entirety of, you know, the sound of, of the song, but you can also listen small. And whether it's you're listening to the riff underneath the lyrics whether you're listening to, you know, the subtleties of some of, uh, you know, Lars's, you know, fills, you know, whether you want to headbang or, or listen to the intricacies, um, you know, it's all it's all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the drums are terrific in these sections. Well. They're just such energy, such a, a propulsive nature to the song. And as I say, I love James, the images that he's occupying, Into the Abyss, You Don't Exist, Cannot Resist. It's a bit like My Apocalypse, how it kind of, it's building and building and building to that ending, and James is kind of gathering himself up, gathering himself up, and then it's going forward. And yeah, I think I think the band sound absolutely fantastic on this track. And it is one of the longer songs on the record. It is one of the more epic songs. I think you mentioned, like, anything over seven minutes you can see a sort of epic Metallica song, which is very true, but it never outstays it. It doesn't outstay its welcome, I don't think. No, definitely not. And yes, I consider Metallica, uh, I consider the epics or anything over seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I came at that because you, nothing else matters and wherever I were, may roam are, are between 6.30 and 7. Yeah. And no one would call those epics. No. So, uh, yeah, so anything over seven. Um, no, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, just in the way that I listen, you know, I drift a little bit when uh, it gets to uh, the long solos. Um, I I love these solos, uh, you know, from Kirk. Um, But, um, you know, I, I enjoy this song all the way through. There aren't any, you know poor parts or you know any skippable uh sections of the song no no it's uh eight minutes and one second it's actually the l- technically the longest song on the album obviously suicide and redemption's almost 10 minutes nine minutes 58 but that is an instrumental um i don't i the song's long though because of cock solo as you mentioned which i'm sure some metallic fans are going to correct me out there it feels like maybe his longest solo it just goes on and on and on and it has some interesting parts and what I find in the Death Magnetic era that isn't really in the Hardwired era, look, I'm not the biggest fan, it's been clear on Alpha Talica, of Kirk's playing on these albums. I think it's a little lazy, I think there could just be an iPad that Lars jabs at and just plays stock riffs or whatever. But there are sounds, there are moments that Kirk can do, and I think it's kind of hard to sound out here, but when he's kind of strumming picking that really quick note with the wah and it's sort of surfacing out it sounds awesome there's i've got a note in here that one of his licks sounds a bit like a space invader which again i can't really connote i want to put a link in here to get across but yeah the solo is interesting i love the start of the solo where he's just prowling with that wah and sort of backing himself up and one thing that in this song um mark that i don't think i've ever heard in many of metallica songs is mid solo James sings a little something. Uh, Judas lives, recite this vow. I become your new god now, and then the solo just crashes back in. Yeah, it's I, I love it. Um, mm. You know, Kirk is soloing for you know it's about two minutes long, yeah. just about. Um, and you know, I sort of see it as the 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 solo sort of it just begins that descent into, you know, this person is maybe, you know, chooses to, um, you know, sell their soul. And then, you know, once sort of that transaction or transformation takes place, it's like now, you know, shit hits the fan Mm -hmm. and, you know, here we go. And, and, you know, the solo just explodes to sort of, sort of underscore it. Um, you know, a lot of this solo is just Kirk, you know, ripping and shredding it up. And Mm -hmm. after all these years of, you know, 
five years ago, you had, you know, St. Anger where there's no solos and you had a long period of time, you know, even with the load and reload where there's not a lot of like real shredding no. uh, by Kirk. It gets bluesy and a lot yep. of, you know, sort of careful um, um, solos. And so it had been a long time since you heard Kirk just blow up. Right. So yeah. it's just it was just great to hear him just, you know, shred at one thirty-second notes or you know yeah 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 you're right you're a bit like this the opening solo to that was just your life which is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite metallica songs it just has these giant bends like you can really feel kirk, kirk purging some of his demons and you know there's certain <laughs> stuff in in cyanide when he's riffing of the da, 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 da. like you just you know there's a lot of invention here and there and i think this is a fun song and it does connote into that and it's just 10 out of 10 intensity for the most part. Uh, it doesn't let up. Like, all the Death Magnetic songs don't let up. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the, and the song's quite limber in places as well. It's quite slippery. The band are expert at playing these changes, and it's not just riff after riff after riff. As I said before, there is these kind of intermediary stop-start sort of nature. Again, I want to just point to the bow-down sequence, which I just think is absolutely badass. I, you know, Judas Kiss, it, it is a terrific song, I'd say. Unquestionably, um, you know, it's deep in the uh, in the desk. It's the number eight song. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't get the same sort of play as, um, you know, other songs, other songs might. But it's really it's one of my favorites on uh, on Death Magnetic and, and you know, probably uh, maybe a top 10, you know, in my entire discography. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Death Magnetic so good. Like, it's such a terrific album. I remember listening to it when it came out 10 years ago. Um, and enjoying it, but kind of I wasn't really in a Metallica phase at that point in my life. I was sort of into other bands and stuff like that, but I, but I enjoyed it. But as I've gone on, and, I, you know, all the songs we've covered so far on the show, All Nightmare Long, uh, Cyanide, Day That Never Comes, End of the Line, Broken Beaten Skies, you know, we're getting to the point where we covered most of them. I just mm-hmm. I just think the bang knocked it out of the park, really. I think they really, you know, doubled down on who they were. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, it's been talked about at length, but, you know, Rick Rubin tells them to go back to mm-hmm. maybe some of their first four albums and, um, you know, pull ideas and inspiration from there, you know, and, you know, for me also listening to, uh, you know, to that album and, you know, I wasn't big on the on the heartbeat intro to um, that was just your life. But when, you know, when they get into the riffs and then we get Lars's double bass drum, you know, you know, in parts of that song, it's like, oh, my God, they're back. And this is just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that opening, that was just your life riff. I think just a collective sigh was heard around the world. When we to that. <laughs> like, you know, they are they are back. And this song, uh, this Kiss, as good as it is, remains one of their obscure live plays. It was pretty much exclusively relegated to the World Magnetic Tour. It actually was first, 30 times it's been played. So it's not, you know, it's not one of these ones they've only done once or twice, but only a little bit. They first played it in Nottingham in Dear Old England in February 20, 2009 and last played it in New Zealand, Christchurch, September 2010. Could you, could, I mean, I can't really see this coming back in the tour slot, but it'd be fun to see. Of course. I mean, I, I would love to see it, but um, when you have a limited amount of time and you have a certain number of, you know, they probably have, what, six songs that they have to play. Oh, yeah. You know, every show plus whatever's on the most recent album. So I don't think Judas Kiss is going to come back unless they have their, you know, 40th anniversary shows at, uh, you know, at the Fillmore. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would love to see it. But again, uh, you know, you have an eight minute song and that can 
you know, sure. I think to please a uh, an arena or a stadium full of fans, um, you know, you're you might put in, you know, a couple of uh, more familiar, you know, four minute songs. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a tricky song. As are the majority of Death Magnetic, so I can understand them maybe not wanting to practice it and rehearse it and put it inside. Maybe just be like, oh fuck, let's just do two by four. Which, which again, I'd like to see them do two by four live. Like, it, uh, you know, it, it's so funny. I almost, um, I I almost listed two by four, which is, you know, I I don't know if it's a particularly well-regarded song but that one is i I considered it as my favorite uh metallica song every time i hear that i'm ready to run through a brick wall yeah yeah i know what you mean and i I, it was i think it was the first song i covered on the show and i think i was a little overly harsh on it but i do actually really like two by four and i think if they jigged it up to a heavier version it could work and james is james having so much fun on that track and it really shows and again another song where there's really long guitar solos on it but yeah it's been played uh, 30 times uh, that that's pretty much all of it and um didn't actually get onto the metallica twitter metallica pod twitter normally i ask what people think of the songs didn't get a chance to but a very good friend of the show mr clint wells has sent an extended message concerning this song <laughs> and just before we get into this um you're very lucky you met the legend himself recently right that's right um he uh with uh with his band um he came out to northern california uh for a gig and just like he does uh on his show um he said if we're, if anyone's ever around uh, he'll he'll you know provide a couple of tickets and so uh my girlfriend and i uh you know drove up to their show i saw my first country show of my life oh, wow. uh enjoyed it enjoyed it quite a bit so that's and, sorry um, this was rodney atkins is that right that's right. It's Rodney Atkins. It's um, you know, he's a he's a good performer, and there's and if you like songs about tractors, friends, your guy. <laughs> well, I'm just on his Spotify. He's got 2.8 million plays, uh, monthly listeners. Sorry, so this guy's clearly ginormous. I love the name of his 2010 album. It's America. That's that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, there's uh, friends with tractors. Is the fifth track. <laughs> You're right. You, yeah, no, that's ex- that's wow. exactly it. Um, a, a lot of songs about. You know, growing up on the on the back of the truck, um, oh, you yeah. know, with your best girl. Okay, um, but but so, yeah, but I mean, great that Clint does that, <laughs> and obviously, much love to Clint and to Rodney as well. I have to listen to that track, but uh, yeah, you just hung oh. out, chatted Metallica. Yeah, so um, we were in touch that day. He got, you know, we uh, got the tickets for the show, and then um, you know, we had a little bit of time uh, before the bus rolled out of town. So um, we went to a local. Um, drinking establishment and you know we chatted for i don't know an hour or so and you know only about 10 percent of that was about metallica and you know a lot of it was about you know life and our and our histories and um you know things we're interested in and he's uh as good a guy you know in person as you hear about on the show really uh, engaging guy who uh you know had a real nice time uh, with him yeah yeah he's a legend ethan's a legend it was it was sad actually because i know that they recorded a metal at your podcast episode where they uh, talked about the black album they sort of talked over it uh, like they did with death magnetic and oh, it uh-huh. a- accidentally got deleted uh, by <laughs> ethan and uh, you know as a podcaster myself for a few years i've done it and it's quite easily done you put it in the bin you, you empty it by accident whatever reason it goes and yeah i've lost some shit as well thankfully don't have metallic shit but it's a horrible feeling and you know sadly deprived of that episode but i'm sure they'll uh, they'll be back on it next week so yeah anyway clint got into he said, uh, it's 1.30am here and I've been drinking vodka in my studio alone all night. So I don't know, if I'll, right. uh, yes, I don't know if I'll rise to the eloquence. Probably drinking out of a skull, I imagine. Uh, I don't know if I'll rise to the eloquence of some of your listener feedback, but here are some thoughts as it's my favourite song on Death Magnetic. It's a good deep cut. Never would have made sense as a single early album track, but it is, in my opinion, one of the more sophisticated tracks on the whole record, musically and especially lyrically. The way I see it, James took his battle with sobriety, battle with himself really, and brilliantly interposed it with the 
the biblical story of the betrayal of Christ. He took one of his most personal struggles and made it universally applicable on a primal level. These are not disposable, throwaway lyrics. Musically, it's very impressive. Takes many, many cavernous twists and turns. A great creepy solo by Kirk. The Judas lives, recite this vow. I become your new god now moment is a highlight of the entire record. Yep, completely agree. Uh, find a piece of me in all is particularly poignant for me. There is no redemption in this song, no happy ending. It's bleak, it's real. It's a stormy omen of a song, and that's why I love it. I mean, beautifully said by Clint. For sure. And, um, you know, when he talks about how bleak it is, I think about the the ending of the song, how it just sort of ends without a, there's not a lot of resolution there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that just add, adds to it. And Clint, uh, you know, Clint's a deep cat. And, oh, yeah. Um, he, uh, I think he really nailed it, um, as, as, you know, his explanation of, uh, of the song and his, uh, his view of it. Yeah, and, and the closing lyrics, I mean, he's right. It is kind of despair, hopelessness, into abyss, you don't exist, cannot resist the Judas kiss. And, and Clint's reading, again, uh, very erudite, very interesting, and I definitely hadn't considered the lyrics for that paradigm, but can completely see that that way. I actually see on the Metallica.com song page, there's a few videos of the guys uh, talking about the lyrics. I'll have to watch them afterwards. Should have watched them before, really, but uh, yeah. I could, <laughs> could see them afterwards, fill you guys in. Oh, they do it on Quebec Magnetic as well. They do it live, which I don't think I've really seen the whole of that. So I definitely had to check out that performance. But um, any, any closing thoughts on Judas Kiss, Mark? Um... You know, again, I, I think we've said it all. Well, yeah, um, yeah I don't think I, I have uh, anything no. else. Again, uh, a, a terrific song. Uh, uh, you know, the crescendo of the song where, um, you know, strong and powerful will fall, find a piece of me and all. Mm. And then he repeats it sort of, you know, inside you all. It just, you know, that sort of it's a highlight just about of um, uh, of the album that, um, again, a very intense song. And, and another one of those. Uh, Metallica songs that you know, you know, sort of you know, Enter Sandman and um, One. Those are songs that sort of belong to the world, you know, and they're and they're popular and they're, and they're kind of mainstream. But it's songs like this, you know, for me, like Freight Ends of Sanity and the Judas Kiss and um, you know, like Lep- even Leper Messiah. Oh yeah, those songs are kind of you know for me. Um, and those are ones that that I can kind of hold on to, um, you know, as like the deep cuts that are, you know, that I can kind of, you know, take as mine. Um, and so this is another one that I really enjoy. Not a lot of people know about it. So it feels kind of like an, an underground, you know, sort of hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. So we'll uh, close as we always do with a few quick fire questions. Um, what's your favorite Metallica song? You know, I was going to have, I thought this was going to be a great uh, obscure song. And then suddenly two of your recent guests uh, said the same one and it's Disposable Heroes. Yeah. Incredible. It's incredible. And um, again, another epic song, which uh, I like those, uh, those long songs. But, you know, the lyrics, left to die with only friend alone, I clench my gun. That one always, always Mm. hits me. Mm. And it's a really hooky, catchy song for as heavy as it is. Yeah, and and complicated. I mean, that yeah. first that first riff, um, a friend of mine played it, and it was just you know very technical, very difficult. Which I think, you know, those you know musicians know that Metallica is a, a great band. I think yeah. you know sort of the world at large just goes they thrash around and they scream. What about favorite album of theirs? Favorite album is is Justice. Um, you know, you never forget your first. Um, <laughs> you know, there are other albums that I might like top to bottom, including you know Death Magnetic. Yeah. But um, you know that was the one that really hooked me on the band. And you know, Tom, I know you're a guitarist. 
Mm. Um, I also love this album because I bought the tablature book for it. Right. I can't read music, so I'd play the you know, so I'd play that, and so I would spend hours and hours, at, you know, learning and playing riffs from from most of the songs, and that you know. There's a lot of other bands where it's not quite as easy to play the riffs or it doesn't sound quite right. But I learned a lot of uh, Justice songs, um, you know, just sitting in my room. Favorite member of the band? Well, although I love um, Lars's sort of a commitment to the band and his constant cheerleading, it for me, it has to be James. Um, yeah. you know, of course, there are the riffs and the songwriting, but, you know, I think his personal journey is fascinating. Um, he's been through a lot in his life before and after becoming, you know, famous and he's come through the other side and, and luckily for us, you know, he seems highly motivated to continue, you know, playing and creating music. And, um, I just think he's a, he's a, he's a great story. And seeing the band live, have you seen them at all? Yeah, I've seen them seven times. Um, starting with the uh, Damaged Justice Tour in in 89, I saw the uh, co-headline with Guns N' Roses. Um, and the 1997 Bridge School Benefit. Oh, you did see that. Wow, that's a cool one to see. Yeah, so I think it's the only time they've played uh, Poor Twisted Me uh, acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, we've, we've covered, we've, we've definitely covered that with a uh, good friend of the show, John. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't, don't, don't ever quite remember that one. But, but yeah, yeah, uh, I do recall them at least doing it. So, um, final question, uh, a podcast like Alpha Talica, what's a band you could do it on? Well, you know, I can't do a specific band, but I can do an era. That, again, like I was saying earlier, that MTV hair metal era from mm. about 80, 86 to 91, um, all the albums... I mean, who, who are we videos. talking? So, what, like, Jovi? Like, are we talking, like, New Jersey, for example? Or no, Well, we can, yeah. I mean, and the bands, you know, it's mm. Poison and Def Leppard, and we can go, you know, we can go a tear down, and we can go Cinderella and White Line and Tesla and yeah. Great White, all, all those. I was so into it. I knew, you know, every song, every video, you know, when they toured together, all that stuff. It was just, uh, a, it was a great time to, to sit in front of the TV. Yeah, no, I'm quite jealous, really, back when MTV was MTV. Like, I'm hooked at the moment on watching, like, stuff on YouTube, like, VH1's Top 100 Metal Acts and all that sort of stuff. And I love seeing that era, that pomp, you know, when when music felt a bit more important, I guess, and a bit more vital. But I guess, finally, um, how do people, you know, do you have any projects you'd like to share yourself or? Um... No, you know, well, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to my uh, daughters, uh, Lucy and Molly, who uh, have so far rejected my, um, <laughs> you know, my uh, my forays into uh, getting them to listen to uh, to Metallica. I'm still still working on it. Yeah. You know, they're pretty young. So working on that, um, I, you know, I have a Twitter handle at uh, Frayed Ends of SJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Oh, I have a couple of um little personal connections with uh with metallica that i think are kind of entertaining so in the late 90s my aunt and uncle they uh, did a little bit of dog breeding and they bred rhodesian ridgebacks uh which are these beautiful beautiful dogs um and one of their buyers was none other than jason newstead jason jason newstead bought a dog from my from my aunt and uncle crazy (laughs) and then um (laughs) <laughs> and then um i live just a few miles away from the from the ksjo studios you know where they record they recorded uh tuesday's gone mm. um you know on garage inc yeah uh, and uh so that station 92.3 ksjo where we um i listened to it for years and years um now 
that station has changed formats and is now America's first Bollywood specific themed radio station. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Obscura, obscure trivia there, which, which may not make the podcast. And I understand. It, oh, right? no, no, yeah. no. That, that's in there. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go listen right now. So, uh... yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bollywood 92.3. There right. you go. Well, Check uh... in. You know, uh, thank you again for coming on, and thank you to everyone for listening. Um, definitely comment below. Let us know what you think about Judas Kiss and any other song we've covered. Follow us at Metallica Pod. The Patreon is there, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, next week, we're doing Jump in the Fire. Uh, we're from Kill 'em All. Looking forward to that. Then we're doing Junior Dad um, off Lulu, Just a Bullet Away with Clint, who we mentioned before, Killing Time with James, and King Nothing with Mike. Then Left the Messiah. So we got some, yeah, we got some cool songs in the next month or so. So definitely stay tuned on here. Tell your friends about Alpha Alpha Metallica. But um, Mark, this has been great. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you again. And uh, I really appreciate being a little, uh, you know, just a little piece of this uh, sort of Metallica pod uh, community. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, I'm looking forward to Leopard Messiah. uh, Yeah, actually, I think it's a really underrated. Yeah, completely agree. Great, great song. But uh, yeah, this has been Alpha Metallica. Thanks again. See you guys later. Bye. All right. (laughs) 